0: I met Sophia Eng in Phoenix, Arizona. We were there for a live event as part of a coaching program that we're both going through. And after a brief conversation with her, I immediately understood I have to interview this woman for my podcast. I absolutely have to. I want to share with you what she has to say because she has a really, really interesting story and the things that she says you know, I think you'll be able to relate to, especially if you are here listening to this podcast because you're thinking about, you're contemplating some really, really important change in your life. So I've told you my story and now I want you to hear her story
1: are you ready for a change and to finally do something about that feeling inside of you that says you have a different calling in life to finally go after that dream or dust off that project you've been thinking of creating but still haven't done anything about yet do you need some support direction or motivational words from someone who has been there and who understands you well if so you've come to the right place This podcast is a place to find inspiration for those who want to take control and change their lives for the better. Welcome to Life Change Secrets. Here's your host, Tony.
0: So, welcome to this episode. You know, usually I'm the one talking about my experiences and all the things that I've done and my change, but today I have some—I have a treat for you. I have someone that I would like to introduce you to who has gone through this just like you're thinking about, Dawn, and just like I already have. And her name is Sophia Ng, and I would like to welcome her officially now to this podcast.
1: Hi, Tony. Thank you for having me on the show.
0: No, it's a pleasure for me for you to be here. And so, um, first of all, some of the people who are listening may or may not know who you are. So maybe you could just talk a little bit about, you know, who you are, present yourself so that so we know that everybody starts on the same page.
1: Sure. So I grew up in uh, the Bay Area and uh, the last, you know, 15, 20 years have been a Silicon Valley growth marketing uh, strategist for large major companies, including tech uh, companies and startups in the Bay Area,
0: but um, you haven't always done that, though. As I already uh, alluded to, so where did you start? You, did, I mean, you were because you used to work in the in the corporate world, mm-hmm. and so you know, take us a little bit through that and about you know how you actually um, made this transition in your life.
1: So yeah, you're right. Um, I started in corporate. My first job was at Autodesk, and uh, led. For a a product called AutoCAD 360 and then worked at Workday for a good four years, a good, big, stable startup company, and then moved and I got a little bit riskier and and moved into a startup called Envision, was there for a year, and then decided uh, after I crossed my one year, bought back my stocks and decided, you know what, it's time to go a little bit bolder and uh, get a little bit more courage and step out onto my own and uh, that's when I started my consulting agency and within the couple of months I was able to replace easily replace my income and work less.
0: So let's go back just a half a step and you know when you were um, what was it that told you that it was time to make the move? Because this is a question that a lot of people ask me this: so How did you know that that mm-hmm. it was time for you to move to a different stage of your life?
1: I think it was not just one uh, particular incident, and I think it was a, a series of things that had happened through the last couple of years that I knew it just didn 't feel right. Um, especially upon becoming a mom and wanting that flexibility and not having to commute so long into the workplace and you know in the bay area we 're talking like an hour and a half commute one way wow. and so you know it 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 uh, it can take a toll on you over time, um, but also I wanted to can still contribute be a part of you know product and marketing teams with large companies and and uh, make an impact that way um, but you know, I think it, it came to a point where I realized that you know I could continue working forty, fifty, sixty hours, and I was doing easily sixty hours at uh, the the last startup that I was at. And it <laughs> actually, yeah, there was a there was a clear defining moment. Um, I had planned a family vacation. We went on a cruise. We had planned it about a year and a half, so before I even started at this company. Um, But when it came time to go on the cruise, I asked for time off. But since I was managing the entire online marketing program um, at the company, I couldn't take the time off because it would have just been a colleague of mine that would uh, have managed the program. So I actually ended up working in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean on a cruise boat with my laptop, taking meetings, running the marketing campaigns that I had. And meanwhile, trying to balance the time with the kids, making sure that they still had time with, you know, with me and, and my husband. Um, and ultimately, when I came back from the, uh, from the cruise, I just knew that I didn't want my kids to have an absent mom, even though I was around, technically working from home, working remote, but I wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Um, Uh, and actually my friend's daughter who went on the trip with us she drew a painting about a week later when we got back from the cruise and that painting actually had a picture of everybody so my husband their family our family everybody on the cruise (laughs) except for me and I have this photo because my friend sent it to me and I have this photo and I said you know her mom asked her well where's Auntie Sophia and she said Auntie Sophia is working and I just that was the moment that I said, you know, I cannot teach these girls mm-hmm. that this is a life that mm-hmm. that is important, yeah. and I don't want them to remember, you know, Auntie Sophia or mommy as someone who was around but wasn't.
0: Mm-hmm. No, you know, when you as you speak, I'm thinking about you know so many people that I've run into and i was the same way you know because you know you spend so much time away from home away from your family you miss the the kids soccer games you miss uh birthdays sometimes you know and and that's time you can't get back you know and so um thinking about you know moving forward and i'm and asking you some of these questions is kind of easy because uh, there are questions that a lot of people ask me you know it's like how did you feel you know when you were going there so one of the things that you know in our earlier conversation today you know what you were talking about is You know, sometimes it's not easy when you decide you want to make a change like that Mm -hmm. to find people who really understand you, you know? How was that? What was that like for you?
1: It was really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it wasn't something that I could express out to my colleagues. And when I did, it was not very widely accepted. What kinds
0: of things did they tell you?
1: Oh, you know, they would say, oh, well, how are you going to make that work? And it was (laughs) a lot of doubt, right? And I'm like, I have enough doubt in my own mind. And (laughs) I was really trying to get some inspiration, but... uh, you know, I would it, it was really difficult and um you know, I shared with you the story that it it was really lonely mm-hmm. and it got to the point where before I left I <laughs> I left my husband and kids home and I just booked a trip to Washington D C. That's where I went to college. I went to college at George Washington University mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. ran from I used to do this run. I called I call it my clarity run. Mm-hmm. But it was a run that I always did when I, you know, decided I didn't want to continue on with pre med or I broke up with my serious boyfriend and um, you know and you know, was I what was I gonna do? And I so I booked this trip, flew over to DC and did this exact same run from my old dorm room mm-hmm. to the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. And, you know, there's just that, that is my mountaintop experience. When, I, when you get to the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and you look across the reflecting pool to the Washington Monument, you know, I just stood exactly where Martin Luther King Jr. stood. And there's a plaque there that you could stand there and you could see. And you can envision what it must have looked like that day and realize that change happens here, at this spot, at this very moment. And in the in the past, in history, so it could happen today, and it could happen to you. Mm-hmm. And you know that change that 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 gave me that gave me courage to, you know, I wiped out my wiped off my tears. I, by the way, this is in the middle of June, right? So like mm-hmm. all the tourists are out, all the middle middle school, high school kids are out, and um, you know, I, I walked away with full confidence in knowing that like I wasn't going to go back mm-hmm. to corporate. Mm-hmm.
0: This is, some, this is a story that I think a lot of people can share because, uh, I mean, really. Now, I like the idea of the clarity run, and I love analogies. I like the, uh, you, know, you know, standing in the footsteps of Martin Luther King, you know. And, uh, no, it's great stuff. It's okay. great stuff. So um, what did you actually do then? Because, you know, uh, thinking about some of the questions that, that, you know, I'm asked. So what did you, so you, you know, you decided that it was time for you to move. Um, you made that move. It was a lonely time in your life. And so when you finally started, the, when you finally made the move, what did you do first?
1: I just reached out to, you know, I reached out to anybody that I knew. And I, and I was trying to create a community. I was trying to find people who were like me. Um, I, I wrote an article that... Uh, went viral really and I found that uh, I dropped them into a Facebook group because I didn't have anywhere else to put them and mm-hmm. I wanted to have this conversation so this this group is now called Women in Growth but I wanted to find a group of like-minded women who were in corporate who were in startup communities and who share the same struggles of being you know female in a very in a male-dominated industry but also talk about personal growth mm-hmm. and not just growth marketing or business So, you know, I I put this article together and, you know, women flooded to the group Um, and, you know, slowly just talking to them and being a support for them has been very therapeutic for me Mm -hmm. as I'm trying to, or I'd been trying to find my way just to see other. And, you know, it's, it's incredible. There are women executives, women startup founders in there, um, women from large companies in the Bay Area that, you know, are are feeling the same thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that was something, and it didn't start right away, but it definitely quickly became something that, it was a source of comfort for me. Mm-hmm. Cause it, you're right, it was a very lonely process. Mm.
0: Yeah, I can't emphasize this enough because that's the same way I felt, you know, when I went through my change and I, I couldn't find anybody I mean, It was very difficult to find people who really understood you because I, I talked to my wife, and she didn't understand why I want to do that. As a matter of fact, she said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah, but I, I, that's the way I feel. She said, you'll get over it. you know. And then I talked to my best friend, and my best friend was really, really supportive, but I was like – yeah, but he, does, he has a completely different life. He doesn't really understand. He was really supportive, though, and I appreciated that, but I was like, he doesn't get it either. And then, <laughs> and then I talked to um, some other friends and acquaintances, and they were all like, you know, you're crazy. You don't know how many people would love to be in your position. You know, you should just stay there. That's what you do. And I was like, oh, man. But so I was, it was one of the, the loneliest times of my life yeah really I felt really really lonely, and that's why that 's one of the reasons why I created this podcast because I want people to come here and to know that you 're not alone mm-hmm. you know you 're not alone there's same. somebody out there who understands <laughs> you you just got to find them so so I hope that you know you if you 're listening to this podcast, you understand that you know you know Sophia was talking about the same thing you know she was looking for that community that 's what you got to find because it gives you strength that's it right. gives you strength and so um after you you know you started you know trying to, you know, find people uh, who are you know, like-minded people. So then, you know, on a more concrete basis, what did you actually do to, to get your business started, oh. to do what you're doing today?
1: Yeah. So um, first things first, I talked to my husband about it. And, you know, I, as I think every normal human self-aware <laughs> person goes through during this process, you know, you, you kind of go through a period of self-reflection. Like, what is it that I can bring what is it that I I enjoy and what is it that I could bring and contribute to the world and uh, who's gonna pay me for it Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and so I talked to my husband about it and uh, he said you know what's the worst thing like go go explore that take some time and figure that out Mm -hmm. Right. and what's the worst case that could happen if if things don't work out and I said well the worst thing would be go get another job um, and so for me, it was, okay, then let's just go ahead and try to figure out how to figure who this is. Like, who's my target audience? Who's the people that I want to work with? Who are the businesses that I want to potentially work with? And um, and it got to a point where I said, okay, well, while I'm doing this, I found myself starting to fill up my calendar with interviews and yeah, uh, what kind of interviews you know, people recruiters would would um, reach out oh, on linkedin okay. mm-hmm. i don 't know there 's some like sort of magical button that apparently when you click it, LinkedIn recruiters know to come after you right and mm-hmm. so what I ended up doing was taking and entertaining some of these interviews while I was building and trying to figure out who my target audience was, who I wanted to work with, and what I could provide for them, and who would be willing to pay uh, and so while I was doing this, I was taking the interviews and. Um, and my husband saw it on the you know family Google calendar and he said well what's up with this I thought that you were gonna go full <laughs> in <laughs> play full out and do this and uh-huh. you know uh, and and I said well I, I, I don't know why there was a part of there was a part of it that brought me comfort mm-hmm. uh, and so I got to a point where I went through an entire interview process with a company and they gave me a, a really high offer um, of two hundred fifty thousand dollars and I said great. Now I know what my worst case scenario looks like. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Perfect. And um, if my worst case scenario looks better than what I was at before, then it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. So keep building. Mm-hmm. And that number to me to this day sticks as a number that I should be targeting mm-hmm. because if a company is willing to pay me at my worst case scenario at 250, mm-hmm. then I should target 250 mm-hmm. for my revenue mm-hmm. um, from my business. So after that, I found myself okay, comforted. I think that was a, a sense of comfort in knowing, all right, I know what that looks like. Now I have the freedom to continue to build and see if I can reach that number myself.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you say that because uh, I remember when I left, when I decided to leave my job, um, I always thought to myself, I said, okay, over the years, where would you be you know, with regard to your salary that you're making? If you had stayed in the company, and that was kind of my mm. target, you know what I mean? <laughs> because I said I need to be at least at this, you yeah. know what <laughs> I mean? And so that was always something that drove me to. So I completely understand that. So um, after that, um, up to where you are today. So what is it that you're doing today? What are you? What kind of activities are you involved in? And uh, what what can you share with us?
1: Yeah. So I'm doing what I love, uh, which is. Say,
0: can you say that again? <laughs> I am
1: doing what I love and getting paid for it. <laughs> there you go.
0: There you go.
1: And I think that's the key yeah. uh, to really finding true happiness, right? So mm. um, today I work with companies and individuals to maximize their exposure online and offline through traffic and branding strategies used from Silicon Valley Tactics Mm -hmm. that we use in tech companies. Um, I also do consulting for tech companies, but uh, this is an incredible time for me to continue to grow and see how I can now give back to the community that helped me. So, working with women. And uh, in their entrepreneurial goals, um, growing their businesses and getting their businesses started. So if you're, you know, a woman who's in a corporate job as well and trying to figure out what to do, what your skill sets are and how that can transfer into, you know, a business, that's the love of work that I love to, mm-hmm. to do.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, <clears throat> I loved what you just said about, um, um, you know, that you love what you do. Because, uh, and and also about giving something back. You know, when I used to play football in college, I remember my uh, football coach used to stop practice sometimes. I mean, he used to stop practice to tell us to get down on the knee, take our helmets off, and just listen. And he would just give these little speeches, you know. And uh, one of the things he always told us was he said, when you get to where you're going in life, he said, make sure you give something back. Mm-hmm give something back to others and it doesn't mean you have to wait until you're perfect or you're like you know super rich or famous or or successful just if you because wherever you are you can almost bet that there's somebody behind you Mm -hmm. and who would love to be in your position wherever it is so just share what you know and you know as you just said it it is possible to do what you love and make money at it yeah It, it is possible
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that we learned from the conferences that you and I go to is, Mm -hmm. you know, make more, give more. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I had to overcome in my mind, like, oh, making more, that means, you know, that I have more to lose or things like that. But I was like, no, actually, if you make more, you can give more and you can make an even bigger impact. So go make more. And that gave me the freedom to say, okay. Great. It's not a selfish reason that I want to make more, you know, like I used to think like, okay, so long as I can make my mortgage and pay for the kids and that, that should be a good number. But then I don't have enough to, to give back. Mm -hmm. And by pushing through that and saying, you know, just go for it, go Mm -hmm. see what your max is. Mm -hmm. And having that freedom to know that, all right, so that you can give back Mm -hmm. to the community, you know, my husband and I, we give back. We we actually have the kids who are seven and three; they give back. We feed the homeless in our local community, mm. and um, it's great, you know, to have them learn that heart of service at a young age and gratitude at a young age is just priceless. Mm. And we wouldn't be able to do that today if we didn't have businesses that allowed us to have the freedom to do this.
0: Yeah, that's great. So um, in closing, I would just like to ask you, you know, um, people who are listening to this podcast are a lot of people who are, you know, contemplating change. They're they're sitting, as they say, they're kind of sitting on the fence. They're not sure. Um, Like I was telling you before, you know, the people that I've run into are people who... Either a lot of times they know what they want, but they're not sure how to get there, or they don't know what they want and they need help figuring that out, or maybe they know what they want and they think they know how to get there, but they can't find. When they start turning around and looking at their lives and the job security that they have, they can't seem to find that courage to change. What you know, having uh, given the fact that you've gone through this, you know, you've gone through this change. What advice would you give to people? who are kind of sitting on the fence and not sure, you know, as time is passing by.
1: I think Tony Robbins said it. I think he said, success leaves clues, right? So follow the people that you admire, reach out to them. And, you know, I used to be intimidated by that. But the older that I've gotten or something, you know, I've I've become less fearful. And I've reached out to some people that I really admire. And they are so ready and willing to help out. Mm -hmm. Whereas all these, you know, it just made me realize how I wasted all these years just living in fear and thinking like, oh, no one's going to share their secrets. But, you know, in actuality, the successful people who are good people will give back mm-hmm. and they will want to lift you up and raise you up too. So, my number one suggestion would be if you're in that position and and you have someone you admire, wherever you are in your life, whether it's you know you admire someone and how they are as a, a parent or how they are as an executive or a leader or a businessman or businesswoman, reach out to them and take them out to lunch, coffee, you know, talk to them. Mm -hmm. Because more often than not, um, other people are just as fearful and not reaching out to them. Mm -hmm. So the the fact that uh, they're able to help out, most people will. So I would say find the people and find your community of um, a supportive group that uh, are going through a similar situation and uh, can help you through it.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, listen, uh, Sophia, I want to thank you so much for for sharing. You know, and I'd like to kind of emphasize the fact that, you know, where we met, you know, (laughs) because we're here at a conference together, you know. And one of the reasons why we're here is to be around like-minded people, right? And so you know, if I hadn't been here, we wouldn't have never met. And if we had never Mm -hmm. met, I wouldn't have had a chance to interview her for this podcast. (laughs) So I'm glad that you're here. And I really want to thank you so much.
1: I'm so super happy that I'm here with you, Tony. (laughs) And thank you so much for the invite. And I'm so glad we met at the conference. And I'm looking forward to doing great things together.
0: You guys understand now why this was a special treat, you know, because I'm telling you, you know, I can talk to you a lot about my stuff, about my experience, but um, it's always nice to talk to somebody else and have them share their experience too. So if people want to find you and they want to know more about you, where can they go? You
1: can go to my website. It's sophiaing.com slash mastermind, and you can learn more about how you can get involved with the mastermind that I have for women in business.
0: Great. Like I always say at the very end, stay with me because I got a lot more things to say.